and Alex, and welcome to the Tenfold Podcast. This is a bit of almost a bonus episode, I'd say, because we didn't know if we would be having a baby in labor. (laughs) So I was, my due date was Monday, Jan 25th, and now we are on the Wednesday. Jan 27th. And there don't seem to be any signs of (laughs) impending labor, so we decided to record this podcast while we still can, and hopefully we'll get in a full moon podcast, a high tide podcast as well. Um, tomorrow but we'll see fingers crossed either way (laughs) (laughs) so one of the things I went and looked at our stats uh, and I realized we actually have the majority of our listeners are American which I thought was really interesting yeah I always see some like random American cities in there and it makes me happy and curious yeah (laughs) so for anyone that um, doesn't know who we are because we like we know a lot of our friends listen to this too (laughs) Um, Tori and I are sisters we are in our 30s Tori's turning 33 in a couple days yeah in a few days um i'm 36 and we originally grew up in toronto canada and then we've both like kind of lived all over the world traveled a lot like really changed our lives up a few times and have both ended up in australia um i've got my citizenship now tori's just about to get hers Mm -hmm. soon and yeah and tenfold for us it's spelt t-n-f-l-d but it's about living your life tenfold like so it's about what makes you feel connected alive conscious and awake right are you letting life happen to you or are you manifesting your world really like shaping your own life and in the way that you want to and i feel like the theme of this podcast kind of goes along with that like this particular one today yeah (laughs) so um yeah, so welcome for any of our yeah. new listeners. And I know there's like more people coming because of the pandemic pandemic mm. and stuff like that. And just being in lockdown, going into winter, all of that kind of stuff. We totally understand like that feeling, yeah. even though we're not experiencing it in, in Australia. Way, yeah. um, but that was kind of how I felt a lot of the time, <laughs> a lot of the time living in Toronto. Yeah. Um, just because of my own like personal issues with yeah. what I needed and wanted at, at that point in my life. Um, but anyways... One of our best resources for getting through down times when we were in Toronto, and it still is now, yeah. is the website Cup of Joe. So it's like C-U-P-O-F-J-O dot com. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's run by Joanna What's her last Goddard. Name? Joanna Goddard. Yeah. And it's been going for probably at least 15 years. Yeah, I'd it's say. been a long time. So I think I might have been reading it for that long too because I started reading it in my first job which would have been like 2007 yeah Yeah. or something like that so um yeah it's just like a such a beautiful space and I feel like it's a it's like a cozy pandemic corner yeah on the internet it has really nice it has a really nice community I feel like the comments are almost as good as the articles a lot of the time yeah they're funny they're heartwarming uplifting Mm. um and it's like getting a bunch of your friends together and yeah Yeah. (laughs) And just um, the comments are, they'll have like 500 comments on a good article. Yeah. So that's actually, yeah, just as fun as reading the article. I feel like I also identify with her because I think she has the same birthday as me. And she also went to law school, but then like dropped out after a year Mm -hmm. and then pursued her creative things. And I was like, oh, I think we're like the same Aquarius spirit. (laughs) And she writes about her, like her two young sons and her Mm -hmm. husband. And as readers, like we've been there along the way, like when each boy was born, like, um and now she's got a host of like of regular writers and stuff that that are part of the blog but um it just 
if you are tired of like watching Netflix and you know, mm. you've run out of things to do. If you haven't gone to this site before and you like listening to our podcast, yeah. you'll love like you'll yeah. love this blog. And you're so lucky too because there's such a treasure trove of stuff yeah. to go through and in the past. And they cover a lot of different things. Like they cover love and relationships and they cover like outfits and style and more serious topics and food. But like they do it in everything. an interesting yeah. way. And it's definitely um, the voice that they have, I feel like, is so modern to today even though they have been running yeah, for so long it just feels very authentic like you're just like reading an email from a friend in a nice way and not too like salesy or any of that stuff and i think we talked about it and we did talk about it in the last episode was they have this series that they mm. used to do every summer called motherhood around the world when i wasn't a mother like or thinking of becoming <laughs> a mother i like just loved like i lived for that every week well it's like tra it allows you to travel around the world in a certain way so and it's really basically sad. each week they would like go and find an american woman living in a different part of the world and raising a child there mm. so it was like the north american perspective and then what was different between raising the child um wherever they were yeah. from in the states versus like if they were in like senegal or, or in turkey or, or france or yeah, yeah and it was just it's really it's just interesting no matter who you are mm -hmm. basically so um anyways <laughs> the reason why we're talking about this now is yeah if you need to pick me up definitely go and check out the cup of joe website and like give it a real like browse yeah um and then this article just came out on there which was written by kim rhodes who's one of like they're pretty regular writers yeah. and she always writes I, I always like her stuff me too and it was called what movie gave you unrealistic expectations of adulthood <laughs> and it's like it was really funny because her reference was that she went to watch my best friend's wedding right which she hadn't seen in like a while but it was mm. her favorite movie and then she realized while watching it that like julia roberts if anyone if you remember it's julia roberts um cameron diaz and dermot mulroney who's super cute yeah, he's like, well, they're all of, super yeah. cute. <laughs> it's a pretty good cast. Good looking cast. Um, So in the movie, Julia Roberts is like this kind of sarcastic, like. Independent. More independent. She wears pants. Career and woman. Um, and she's a food critic. And then at the beginning of the movie, I think like the whole restaurant's like waiting with bated breath to see what she gives. Uh, what review she gives the food that she's eating i haven't actually watched the whole thing yet again <laughs> so I'm, this is like from me reading the article yeah. recapping this and um uh basically the premise that you find out that she's only 28 <laughs> so that's like the, the first thing and then um she is like she has this best friend that she's had forever and he's like handsome and all this stuff yeah. but he's i think always had a puppy dog love for her and mm. she being like the independent whatever woman that she is has never been into like looking for that long-term relationship yeah. and stuff. but they've had a pact um in their youth that if they weren't married by a certain time they would yeah, get married to each it? other no it was by 28 <laughs> so if they weren't married by the age of 28 I feel like that age they would be get like together. 45 now <laughs> yeah um so yeah if you can even imagine like what where that's coming from and then anyways so the movie starts with her finding out that he is getting married and i think she kind of always thought she'd have him in her back pocket mm. And that he would always be in love with her. And he's getting married to Cameron Diaz. And Cameron Diaz is, I think, 19 or 20. That's and crazy. she's in uni and she's going to drop out of uni to be with him. So if you were watching that <laughs> as a younger person um, before you reached like that young adulthood age, like it just like gave you this idea that we you would be fabulous and 
by 28 <laughs> established and yeah have this have this Fancy whole kind career. of stuff yeah. like everything together so um so she then talked about how that kind of skewed her ideas of what adulthood was and then asked the readers of cup of joe to then comment and say what things have influenced them in that way and then we loving that article because like i sent it to a few of my friends yeah. and like really went through the comments i think there's like 350 comments um decided that that would be a great episode for us to do for the <laughs> podcast where we talk about the things that um really influenced, influenced us yeah. and like that we found out weren't well, we true. were such consumers of all media I feel well, like. as you are right yeah. especially if you live in a cold climate like that's what you do is you stay at home and you watch tv and now especially with the pandemic mm-hmm. um and and unlimited resources to watch anything online like i think that's like a, a, yeah. a good lesson yeah. <laughs> to delve into okay so we decided we're gonna break this up into like a few different sections so the first one will be high school and then we'll talk about um like the idea of like the working young adult then romance and yeah and that's it those yeah. are the three ones but they're pretty <laughs> big so and then we'll go through the tropes um like the ideas that they gave us that yeah. we believed um and some then the, of which came true and some not yeah and then like which tv shows and movies influenced us um and then also what was the actual reality of it mm-hmm. like once we got to that stage so with high school um yeah what would you say some of the things you learned from like movies and tvs were for me i think the main thing was it made it seem like it was going to be so exciting and you were going to have so much drama and there would be like multiple love triangles and all of these huge like events and life changes it just seemed like it was going to be like what you had been waiting for your whole adolescence and like all your like excitement would happen then and that didn't happen but we'll get into that later (laughs) what about you actually I was gonna say I think middle school for me actually felt kind of like that like more like what you thought yeah Yeah. like it was really exciting and I felt you know there were a lot of little dramas about like who might like you or you know if there was a dance and but I think also because middle school was smaller and Mm. then for me when I got to high school my high school was a lot bigger and not everyone knew each other so all of a sudden it was just yeah yeah. it wasn't like it just and we hadn't spent eight years getting to know each other which is like at my old my um junior school or like well I think when you have the smaller thing in middle school then it feels more like almost Hollywood or celebrity culture because everyone has a story and you know everyone and yes yeah Yeah. but yeah high school we all kind of mostly became nameless yeah people just like milling around everyone (laughs) (laughs) having their own insecurities and stuff um but yeah definitely like from movies and tvs I thought high school was gonna be like a really big deal Mm -hmm. like the memories that last a lifetime like this was gonna be that the like the most important thing that happened to you basically basically felt like your life was supposed to be a movie in high school (laughs) yeah and you were supposed to also have like a swan you know, oh, like uh, ugly duckling. Yeah, ugly duckling. This one, yeah. like some kind of growth change in that way, or some moment where everyone would realize how amazing you are. <laughs> yeah, and that there would be like these epic parties, and there will be a point when you will give a speech to the whole grade. Mm-hmm. Um, the popular guy will secretly like you. Um, you'll have a boy who's your best friend, and you will have sex, maybe with two different guys. One a secret. <laughs> 
Wait, what was that one from? <laughs> I feel like there's always like you'd like hook up with one person and all of a sudden you'd start liking someone, someone else. else. Like yeah, there's always, Dawson's there's always a love triangle. Yeah. yeah. So before we dissect those, um, what were like the TV shows and movies and stuff that you feel like? I think let's just go through them and start. Yeah. So like you just mentioned Dawson's Creek. I don't I don't even know if I was a religious watcher of it, but I just feel like it's definitely imprinted in my brain and the whole Dawson and Joey and Pacey and their love triangle and just yeah, I don't know. I feel like it was somehow very influential on me and thinking that high school would be really dramatic in that way and all this stuff would be happening and there'd be like a gay best friend and all of that I think they were also more almost philosophical they Dawson's were Creek, like they were always really neurotically and dissecting, just like dissecting everything yeah which i think i related to in a weird way yeah but they definitely weren't doing that in no, my high school no <laughs> that was not the cool thing to do um but I, I do feel like most people watched dawson's creek when i was in high school because it came out at the same time I always thought it was funny with Dawson's Creek because I think they realized that Dawson wasn't actually that great of a character. <laughs> and then they focused on Pacey. <laughs> um, but yeah, is that it for Dawson's Creek? Yeah, or? I think so. Okay. And then the other one was Laguna Beach, The Hills. Yeah, that was actually... Because that's a, like a reality show. So I feel like that made me be like, oh. And that was very dramatic. Yeah, that was super dramatic. And they had so many love triangles yeah. and like cute guys and cute girls and ever yeah. Everyone looked really good too. I mm. feel like that didn't happen in my high school no. at least. Um then there's also 90210, which was like earlier than that, but that's I watched that when I was like really young. Yeah, and I that think influenced... I was four and you were like seven. Yeah. <laughs> but it definitely made me think that we were gonna be more sophisticated. Yeah, have cars. I think have that was my first like bad boy crush too. On oh, what's his name? Dylan. Luke? Dylan. Yeah. What? Luke Perry. Luke Perry. Yeah. He had the whole like motorcycle yeah. leather jacket <laughs> and the brooding kind yeah. of like silent type. The misunderstood like yeah. Definitely. Um, and then Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is like both of our like favorite favorite, favorite show, show ever. That one. I, like I Buffy feel like it was almost a bit realistic. It, I was just in, gonna say it's yeah. probably the most realistic of the shows, and like they had real life problems, and and it was kind of depressing yeah. <laughs> in some parts. Um, and that they like had their own little unit at high school, but then weren't actually cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that there were lots of other things going on in different ways, and everyone kind of had their own agenda. Yeah. And then the other TV thing that I have listed is Salt and Pepper music <laughs> videos, which I remember watching when I was like seven or eight. And that was like, what a man. And I don't think I watched those. No, you were definitely in the basement with oh, me. Yeah. yeah. I remember then. But you wouldn't remember. Um, and they're super sexualized, right? And it's <laughs> like the Salt and Pepper girls, um, like rapping and stuff. And then there's all, I think with what a man, it's like, like all these like men. hot shirtless yeah. men, like kind of like looking at them and they're checking them out and objectifying them and I remember that was like an awakening for me where I was like oh like <laughs> what is this and then when we went we used to go to Wasega Beach which is kind of like a little cottagey yeah. like area that you can go yeah. to from Toronto um that has a beach obviously it's like the Jersey Shore of yeah and I remember um like I thought yeah they were playing like kids would play that from or teenagers at the time and i was like, like a young man, kid yeah i would play that from their car and like let's talk about sex baby let's talk <laughs> about you and me and um 
I thought it was so scandalous, but so cool. And I do remember like a girl sitting on the top of her car. So it's like, I think there were traffic jams and stuff to get to the beach. Like people would like be in their bikinis and yeah, it's like sitting in the back of the truck or whatever. And I just thought like, that's what high school is going to be when I got there. (laughs) It definitely was not. Um, And then as for movies, there's obviously Clueless, yeah, which was also like something I watched when I was ten, and just I it was Obsessed. like it's still one of my favorite movies. Well, it still has cultural influence today. I feel like that's like the style, <laughs> definitely. But um, I think also it was satirical though, so I I didn't think that you were high gonna school have was gonna a, be yeah. like that. Like like you were gonna have an automated closet that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and same with like Heather's, which is from the 80s yeah. if anyone's seen that and then jawbreaker too which was from the 90s and it's kind mm. of like an update of heathers but they all and mean girls they all had that kind of like the same kind of vibe yeah like the, the, with the cliques and the mean girls and all that stuff um and then yeah which we actually so in my high school uh i went to quite a large high school mm. and we had and i think because the the girls that were a part of that had watched all of these movies like we did have like a group of mean girls um and one of them she called like i remember she called our math teacher the c word like really? in class yeah that's just a not canadian thing to do I oh feel like most she people don't even know that word in Canada. <laughs> she just did not give a shit and she also like dated a professional baseball player at one point what in high school like yeah and like would go to hawaii all the time with her family and i remember i would come back with a crazy tan and would always wear um guest clothing if you remember Mm, guest was really popular when i was in high school um and then the group that she was in they had like i think it was lawn chairs that they would bring to school and put them out in the driveway at school at lunch and sit on their lawn chairs (laughs) (laughs) it was like one of those like and like displays of like marking your territory I guess. or they would they like judge people as they walk by or? i don't actually know i can't i don't remember well, it like they didn't go so far i don't think they were ever really bullying other people okay but they, they would definitely i'm like, sure were bullying each other yeah and yeah so it wasn't like they like ruled the school or anything but they were very loud and everyone knew who they were and like if they were in your class you would kind of watch them yeah and you'd know like what the gossip was but yeah and then also fun fact mean girls was filmed at my high school so (laughs) so and i think that i don't know if it was before or after but um yeah so i literally went to the mean girls high school so there is some truth to it i feel like um yeah i don't think i had that in my high school that i knew of maybe it existed and i was just oblivious to it (laughs) um i feel like one of the movies that like stood out for me a lot is 10 things i hate about you i feel like that's probably my favorite like 90s 2000s teen movie it just always like hit a spot for me and i was in love with heath ledger and i think i think because julia styles's character was not as much your typical like rom-com person well she was someone you'd actually like like because on the next on our list is she's all that and like i never a lot of the the characters that they had that were the female leads in those kinds of movies were boring yeah they didn't actually have personality and they always just did the whole like oh makeover and now she's like yeah or they'd be like i can't do that like i just uh, they'd feel uncomfortable about things all the time but um julia styles was kind of just a badass yeah she was great she knew who she was she knew what she liked like 
Um, and she like changed Heath Ledger, which is what yeah. you'd always want to But happen. they also had like some real stories behind it, like the whole thing with her and Andrew Keegan where like they had dated and slept together and then he like yeah. started rumors about her. That like, were more like, realistic. Serious, yeah. Serious stuff. And then that scene where he like sings to her from the bleachers. What is yeah, it? Yeah, it's so iconic. You're just too good to be true. Yeah. Um, it's funny too so when I was in high school and that came out we were reading Taming of the Shrew and then that movie is based on oh, Taming yeah. of the Shrew so our teacher recommended that we all go and watch it which was pretty cool <laughs> um, what else is there oh The Scream and like I Know What You Did Last Summer the horror oh, I movie love those movies like that like when that was a trend really yeah. set a tone but it was like a really exciting <laughs> tone I guess um, and so, yeah, again, that was like in those movies, it was always like these groups of friends and they were gorgeous and beautiful and had having all these sex. romantic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> again, having sex, seeming more adult than we definitely did mm. in high school. Um, and yeah. And hot guys. I remember when I watched I Know What You Did Last Summer when Ryan Felipe had like a uh, shower scene or something at the beginning. That was the first time I noticed a guy's body, like actually. And I was like, oh, that's why you like a guy who's shirtless. Yeah. Um, and then I was so in love with him after that. But yeah, Scream and I Know What You Last Summer are such good movies. And But yeah, we we just did not have it together in high school. And it was like a very isolating time, I'd say, more so than... Yeah. people coming together and all these like things happening no I felt the same like I think middle school I knew everyone and then yeah going into high school it just felt like you were like lost at sea floating trying to like find something to hang on to almost right I think when they describe university like when you go and you like become a poet or you like <laughs> become a lesbian for a little bit or you yeah. know there's like all those tropes of or at least there used to be those kinds of tropes um I feel like that's kind of more what high school was mm. like where everyone kind of just became very introverted and a bit lost. Yeah. A bit lost. You didn't know what was really going on with everyone. Like someone would disappear and just be at a different school all of a sudden. And yeah, it was just easy to get lost amongst the crowd. Yeah. My high school experience was not exciting at all. I feel like there was no, no romance. on death. Like literally every year since I was like, I think I've been like I'm gonna get a boyfriend <laughs> and then like all through <laughs> high school there's literally like nothing I didn't even really have crushes in high school like I just didn't feel like there was yeah anyone there was or anything and like there weren't really parties I think we had some dances but like my high school was also really big but I feel like it was pretty tame or maybe it was just because I was in like gifted program and like didn't know many people outside of that I, we were just like nerdy but still like there weren't there weren't even really like big fights or different like, yeah we I just, didn't I went to a bigger high school and yeah. we didn't really have much of that and if there was a party and stuff it would be like at the, at the park like, oh, like and it would be cold house. right so it's like winter <laughs> so you'd go to a park and there there people would like huddle in a corner and have a smoke and a beer or something yeah um and I wasn't into smoking mm. and like I would like drink a cooler a Mike's Hard Lemonade <laughs> or something like that but um, it just wasn't fun. And so I also wonder, because if you think about show or movies like American Pie and Can't Hardly Wait and like all those ones, it's always in, in summer weather, right? Yeah. So I think that probably makes a huge difference too. I think so. I just, yeah. I feel like I basically lived vicariously through all those movies and then 
didn't actually get to live it in real life and then also put a lot of pressure on what university was going to be as the experience that we didn't get in high school so um but yeah so basically the reality of it was like no romance really um a few parties a lot of depression Mm -hmm. like it was really a bad time for me um awkward growth spurts acne lots of introspection um with no cool popular kid coming along and pulling you out of it and thank god for no social media at that time that i don't know how i would have handled it in that i feel like msn messenger alone was enough (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know if it would have helped or harmed at that point for me because i just didn't have anyone to like look up to or i had no guidance relate to like no guidance um but yeah so that's high school <laughs> so let's get to working young adult right so basically kind of what happens when you're in your 20s and stuff yeah so the tropes of that time so yeah i feel like one of the main ones is that you're gonna be a complete success at like 25 yeah <laughs> and basically like you're gonna have everything sorted you're gonna be like getting those promotions and all of that stuff and that yeah, you'll have your life figured out. Like, I think the main one is is that, like, you were just like, oh, yeah, okay, by the time I'm 25, I'm going to do this. And that, that definitely is That's not definitely not how it feels, even no. if you might look like it at that point. Oh, yeah, I don't no. think anyone, I know anyone in their 20s who ever feels totally on top of it. No. Um, also, one of them is that you'll have a bitchy boss that you have to win over. <laughs> um there's always in a movie like a pitch scene so like if you like kill this pitch like and do an amazing job everyone works in advertising (laughs) yeah then everyone will see you differently and give you a raise and like there's one make or break defining moment Mm. that's going to make your career and also that you'll get a chance in like a department that you're not a part of yeah (laughs) just doesn't happen or didn't happen at the time at least um, what else? Yeah, so uh, like I said, I feel like everyone either worked in advertising or for a magazine. Like those were basically the two different jobs <laughs> that you could have. Um, and then also that your job's flexible. So like a lot of the time it's like they could just like leave the office at any time, right? It's not like they're sitting at their desk from nine to five and it's weird mm. or nine to what, like eight to six, which would be some places. Um, and it'd be weird if they leave. Uh, and that also so sometimes they are like a slave to their job in it but it's like so fabulous that it's worth it um yeah that they'll be established in their 20s and that their job will really like drive them and they don't seem to question it yeah they seem to all like feel like it's really their purpose and just are basically living for it but i yeah i feel like that gave me the feeling that that's how you should feel about jobs or like that you could get that much from a job and that was very well it just questioned it didn't yeah. make me, it made me think like once i get a job that'll be it i won't question it it'll just be great yeah. and that and like it you just have to get that job that you want and then everything will be fine um also that there's lots of fabulous events to go to and that you'll mm-hmm. need a lot of day to night outfits yes. which if anyone remembers like because magazines were such a big thing back in the day um, they always had articles, articles that were like yeah. how to take this outfit from day to night. Like, have you ever really had to take an outfit from day to night? Like before you moved to Australia? I tried my last year in Toronto when I was working. Like to go and do stuff after work? Yeah. Oh. And like it was so cold that year. And then on Friday nights, I'd be like, I can't go home or I'll never leave my house. So I would try and <laughs> go out and meet my friends after work. And I think that's when I would wear like a dress with like stockings and then i could like hike it up shorter like take the stockings off and, like do Ooh, something yeah yeah 
Um, okay, another one would be like you'll have a group of funny, equally successful friends to have dinner parties with, meet at bars, and go to weddings and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm sure some people do. We did have, I like did have a group of friends that were my uni friends and stuff. But I feel like everyone was kind of floundering. No one, like, I think I was one of the only ones, me and like another of maybe six that had like a regular job at the time. Mm. It's just hard because you don't always like live near people. Like I had a great group of friends from law school. But then once we finished, there were only a few of us in Toronto and it was just hard to organize anything like even if you have those good friends you don't usually live in the same building as them (laughs) well yeah and we weren't having dinner parties or like meeting at bars and doing these things we would eat a lot that would be like (laughs) let's meet up after work and eat like korean food (laughs) or something and then that would be about it and then go home in the cold um okay the other one like you will constantly be meeting cute guys at work the gym the hallways in your building the coffee shop and they will all strike up a conversation with you or like give you a cheeky smile yeah no i've barely even worked with any men like in my (laughs) career (laughs) well i yeah i worked in publishing so it was all women too but i do remember i always thought like that someone was going to come along and challenge me in some way or there was going to be some guy that would make me go, oh, yeah. and like have to think about the relationship I was in at the time or anything. And I and no one, it just like yeah. didn't happen. Um, and that was definitely a letdown because I just thought that's what life was like and mm-hmm. that's what it would be. Um, the other one, you'll have an amazing, perfectly decorated large apartment. Yes. Um, <laughs> you'll be really cutely scatterbrained and get into shenanigans and have to make up funny excuses, um, especially with the hot hallway guy. <laughs> oh, I wish there was a hot hallway guy. <laughs> yeah. um, you'll have lots of time, right? Like to have fun breakfast with the, like with your friends um, who all live nearby you or um, to just like hang around, have big, deep and meaningfuls, like ponder life, do all that fun stuff. And not feel like just every day was like nine to five monotony on a treadmill. Yeah. Like you really don't get that impression. No. I think from media and TV. So some of the influence for influences for this, like with TV especially, like two pretty obvious ones are that most people know is like Friends and Will and Grace. Mm. So those are depictions of people in their 20s. In New York. In New York. Oh, yeah. yeah. Also, that the only place to be is New York. New York. Yeah. I wanted to move to New York so badly. And then I mm-hmm. finally had the opportunity. But, like, thank God I didn't at that time. I forget what stopped me. But yeah. I think at that point, then I was like, no, I'd rather go somewhere like Australia. Yeah. But um, if I had left any earlier, then I would have gotten caught in that whole bubble, mm. which is its own thing. Yeah. I feel like I watched Friends religiously for so long because it was always like on at 6 p.m or something so i feel like that was such a comfort but also definitely gave me skewed ideas of you can just have time to sit in a coffee shop all day and like hang out with your friends well and like they don't all have jobs all the time no. right so but they're still like living these great lives in new in york fabulous and, apartments yeah yeah and like with their friends and it seems more like more of their life happens outside of work than than in work yeah for sure which was basically the opposite um and then okay movies so uh, like one big one is devil wears prada Mm. that one i feel like was even though like it the actual story of it is like why would you want to have that job but it still just (laughs) made it seem fabulous where you were like Oh, but I secretly still want to. It like, just seems like it's the thing you have to reach for and try. Yeah. Like you haven't made it unless you've yeah done yeah. something like that. 
what else? 13 going on 30 oh, slash big. Which I think <laughs> are like, kind of the same. They movie, are. Right? Just opposite. That, I feel like it's interesting because that's kind of the same thing where she gets to experience the real version of what she thought life would be when you're 30 or whatever and then realizes it's you don't know what you're doing still <laughs> what else um my best friend's wedding which we talked yeah. about um and how to lose a guy in 10 days like there's a lot of movies yeah. around that time and they all kind of had that same thing also a big thing was books like i read mm. so many chick lit chick lit books at that time because yeah. they were really popular and they always again it was like work worked in a magazine or for an interior design firm or something Mm -hmm. like that and it was like always that kind of same story repeated over and over and they always like miraculously meet some crazy handsome guy who falls in love with them (laughs) (laughs) okay and then so what was the reality of it (laughs) what was your reality of that my reality well my first job was basically like the real life office because i worked for a paper company and it was me and all these like 40 year old plus people and I was 22 and was just like oh and it was out in like the factory in the suburbs yeah Yeah. and I it was just like really a stark or shock sort of to my reality how how long did you have to drive every morning like in the snow it wasn't that far it's probably like 15 20 minutes but it was a really bad winter that I worked there and I remember once it started to get really snowy and icy I was just like it was so stressful because your car could just like drift and then you're just like oh I hope I don't crash into something oh god yeah it wasn't good um Um, and that also was the thing that inspired you to then apply for law school so if anyone hasn't listened to that episode of the podcast we have one on should you go to law school yeah i forget what we called it yeah. <laughs> um so yeah that was definitely not my idea of like what office life was going to be and then when i after i went to law school and i got my law job i worked in this like really cool old building in downtown toronto that was like really nice and had one of those fancy like libraries that are in all the movies with like spiral staircases but my office was literally like a windowless <laughs> closet <laughs> that was maybe like i don't even know what it was tiny i don't know what, how that's legal yeah it, it had a window into the office uh, okay <laughs> um but yeah and like i remember at my first job at hillroy i think we had a christmas lunch maybe at i don't know some like hotel or something and then at my law job because it was kind of like a governmenty job i think we had a christmas party where there was like sushi platters and then you got like one drink ticket <laughs> it was like those are my wonderful fancy like well and also part parties. in toronto at least i like work culture is taken very seriously and like mm. being um appropriate and stuff yeah. like that too like at least maybe not if you were in advertising but i mean i was or in publishing i worked something. for a magazine yeah. company and no one was getting blind drunk at the christmas party yeah. like no. i never i didn't i think i even had any opportunity I felt like to people drink were today. always still always aware that they were at work in every situation like um but yeah so one of the things i wanted to talk about was that i literally went and did so many of the things that were the tropes that were in these (laughs) movies right so um i mean like the fact that my high school was mean girls high school so i experienced that then i did go and work in publishing at a big magazine company it was like Elle canada and um like there's just these other huge canadian magazines that were like the number one magazines in Canada, basically. And um, I, so I did that. I actually went and did it. And 
it just yeah it was definitely not any kind of devil wears prada um <laughs> they never had any money that was like the big thing it was not glamorous but i think that might be that's a canadian thing right so yeah. it was just because canada didn't have the funding and stuff and everything had to be like government subsidized yeah. um there was no like big office romances there were no guys <laughs> it was like all girls it was very corporate um low playing low paying no glam um no money really um but lots of food that was one thing because they had a test kitchen so we got oh i forgot about that and there were also perks like so i worked in the web department and then we had i remember all like the web editors and stuff like there was like a big dresser and it was full of like stuff that got sent so uh, you'd get like chanel makeup and all that kind of stuff which was really fun so it was everyone was so nice too like it was a really great group of women um but yeah, it definitely wasn't like the movies. And I worked there for four years and I just thought like I got my dream job, which is literally when I was in school before I started looking for a job. I wrote down that I wanted to work at this specific company in web, which didn't even exist. Like my job is like a web designer at the time didn't exist in the company. They didn't have a position for that. And so I wrote this whole list down of what I wanted to do. And I was super specific about it. And then they <laughs> found like an advertised post for the company when I finished like months later my course and got the job so it was definitely like a whole manifestation mm -hmm. of this um and it was a great like it was a great place to be for four years but yeah it had nothing to do with the movies and the books no. that I had read before um before I went into it but I do feel like in saying that once I moved to Australia and Sydney Sydney work life actually did live up to all the movies and like maybe I, I feel like in general it does because Aussies take things less seriously in a fun way mm -hmm. um and I worked for a tech company so we had all the things where it's like we went out on boats and like the Sydney Harbor and we had free like muffins and food and alcohol every Friday yeah, on the rooftop always and free like, alcohol like yeah, in most companies like, that you work for ping pong, and like we had a huge Christmas party every year that was completely paid for one one year it was on like a glass boat and then another we had fake or we had snow like a snow anyway, machine yeah. in sydney in summer and we would also Christmas. have like end of financial year parties which i don't even know if that exists in canada <laughs> like, yeah i think so, it depends where you are but but yeah there was just like there were just always parties and boats and alcohol and all that stuff so i was like oh i'm and like things to get out. dressed up for yeah too. like melbourne cup every year and yeah it's just a lot more fun i snuck tori into a few of my christmas parties yeah. too and yeah there's always something going on there's always money somehow so if you were looking for that movie life <laughs> go to australia yeah. and work in sydney for yeah. sure and that was really fun because that's like in my 30s i experienced that then mm. and i was like oh but yeah i think a lot of it was like what i wanted to say about back in toronto and like i know this applies for a lot of north america right because it's like a big cultural thing was that there's a lot of anxiety about work and a lot of um what's appropriate and what's not right mm. and like hr like the thing is in australia i'm not sure what the rules around hr is are but some places some companies don't have human resources like yeah. at all which is not a great thing <laughs> in some <laughs> cases but then it also um kind of like gives you an idea of what the culture is like there so it's like your boss will be your friend right like will can message yeah. you something and you know it's not there's not all these boundaries which I think is good and bad in some ways. Yeah, I think more good than bad yeah. though, from what I've experienced yeah. at least. Um, 
but yeah, I remember in Toronto, like I had my dream job, all of that kind of stuff. And I experienced so much like all throughout my twenties, that feeling of like, am I where I should be? Like, is this what life really is? Um, yeah. Lots of uncertainty about everything. And like looking back now, it was like, I was just such a kid still. And I think for me, part of what led me to be tenfold and to do things like move to Costa Rica and then move mm. to Australia was that I did accomplish, I worked really hard to accomplish those movie yeah. milestones, like getting those crazy jobs, right? And then I became an art director at this e-commerce like fashion website um, where I got to hire models and, and like do all this stuff that mm -hmm. I thought was going to be like the coolest thing ever, <laughs> which I hated with the passion. And um, none of it was... Well, you got all of it and you're like, that's it. Like, what else? Yeah. Like, what? And I also, then I went freelance and I was making like good money finally too. And again, I just had that feeling of like, oh, I did it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I did it and I don't feel any different. So that was really interesting. And then that like led me to kind of start like, un like peeling back the layers and seeing what else was out there. Well, and figuring out what you really liked and what you really wanted, like outside of, I guess, cultural expectations and yeah the the movies and everything that you watched <laughs> i just wanted to get off the treadmill yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay and then how about romance oh there's a lot to unpack with that one <laughs> yeah and that's like stuff that we still are dealing think about with. all the time yeah. now because it's you don't even realize how much it affects it's your relationships and how you, yeah yeah i think one of the biggest ones for me is just how often in those movies the guide would make this sweeping like huge gesture declaration of love like all consumed like it just you it gives you this idea of like someone has to be so crazy in love and like declare it to the entire world and like spell it on a skyscraper or something and that there'll be like a realization yeah that they'll realize <gasps> like you're it you're, you're the, the thing one. i've been waiting for yeah. you're all this kind of stuff um which from experience doesn't happen no. and if it does happen with a guy that's never the right guy that's always the guy that you're like no. oh yeah you shouldn't give him another yeah. chance or like any chance um i think so like a lot of the tropes were things like oh you'll you'll have a great love and there'll be someone from your past like yeah, who will come, who will back, come back right? and realize like the big gesture the epiphany moment with the declaration of love um that all-consuming mm -hmm. feeling um a guy who will play like hard to get or like they'll come around kind of yeah. thing like uh the guy who like gives you looks right or like acts aloof yeah. um the mysterious one and that everything they do has like a meaning and like you will mm. find out what it is <laughs> um, and that they know what it is. Like they have some kind of weird master plan yeah. or something or like a, a reason why they like haven't quite approached you in the yeah. right way yet. Um, yeah, like a big thing is like that the guy has a plan, right? And he knows what's going on and he's in charge. Yeah, it is that feeling like the girl was always waiting for the guy to like, figure it out or make that gesture and like didn't actually have the control um and then also that they will come and surprise you at the airport <laughs> or like on your or like birthday chase you. or come watch yeah. your big speech that you do somewhere in an auditorium and <laughs> bring flowers or be the first one to clap really loudly and you'll somehow see yeah. them Oh, another one was that you're going to have this grand love and you'll be separated and then somehow make your way back to each other and 
have thought about each other every day since you were separated. Yeah, he will have never yeah. have forgotten you in that time. Like and that notebook. you'll always have meant to be together. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also you're either a klutzy mess, which they fall in love with, um, or a high-powered, stressed-out career woman despite this, and they fall in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> and you communicate, like... So that was also the big thing, too, is, like, it messed up, I think, our ideas of, like, how you're actually supposed yeah. to communicate in a relationship. So in movies and tv and all that stuff it's like through like really like bearing your soul like with a big fight or something like that right and then like the other person goes away and then somehow understands exactly what you meant and comes back with a huge apology Mm -hmm. and then like that's kind of all you need to do to make it right which is really not how it works because usually you don't understand what each other is saying you see things in a different way text each other back 500 million and it's like really not that easy Um, so media influences for that were like obviously the notebook, mm. which I know That's everyone loves, yeah. but it's like, come on guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sex in the City, which is huge. I think mm. I was listening to a podcast where they dissected Sex in the City and they said that they basically ruined like a whole generation of women <laughs> and what they thought like the the right man should be, right? Because yeah. if you think about Big and Carrie such a toxic relationship it's the definition of a toxic relationship he's awful right and she's awful too like and she's always ditching her friends for him um cheating on her boyfriend for him and not actually communicating with him yeah he just shows up in a limo and like gives her a smile and she gives him a look yeah and they never actually even properly went out and it was over 10 years yeah i can't believe yeah that's crazy and then um they ended up getting they almost got married but then he leaves her at the altar Mm -hmm. and like yeah i watched so much sex in the city when i was i think in high school and stuff and i feel like that's almost where i got a lot of my sex education from or like ideas about what you could or couldn't do almost and i don't it's probably not the best (laughs) source (laughs) what else buffy and angel oh that was like that's that whole idea of like epic love and brooding and, and like forbidden love but i feel like that was like my ultimate couple when i was at like i just remember i think the like end of like season two finale i just like cried and i think you were out somewhere and i was like oh my god oh it's like this just happened i was so invested in it <laughs> oh and roswell was another one so that was just another one of the epic like love stories where he had just been pining over her forever and she didn't know it and then they were just like so intensely in love with each other um but on rewatch because i just watched Mm. roswell like a few months ago and so there were two couples right it was max and liz which who were the main couple and then maria oh well there are a few couples but the two main couples were max and liz and then maria and michael right and so max and liz were the star couple right and that's who you were talking about yeah and um theirs was like the really epic love story that they were supposed to be together forever and then i remember thinking about michael and maria and they were kind of like the funny love story where he was all kind of getting stuff wrong and she was getting mad at him and blah 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 all this kind of stuff and i never gave their relationship as much weight Mm. i thought when i watched it as like the first time a teen or whatever um but then when i rewatched it now i was like oh actually michael maria's relationship Although, like, with their own dysfunction and stuff, like, they really 
opened up to each other and they I feel worked like theirs through things. was the true love story and the more realistic one in the end. Yeah, and he like was so much more devoted to her in some ways mm. and knew her and they communicated. Like there yeah. were moments where they really had to work through things. And then Max and Liz like almost don't know each other <laughs> in a lot of ways and they yeah, I think like they didn't there was certain They're kind things. of just swept up in the idea of their love almost. Yeah, exactly. And it was like a very selfish kind of like young thing. Um, But yeah, it was interesting to watch. So like definitely it's like when you go back and watch these things and how they affected you and then see Mm. them again. It was the same with Buffy, actually. And then when I saw her and um, Riley, right, when she goes to college and she dates Riley. Yeah. Like he was really boring, but (laughs) that was a real relationship for her. Whereas again with Angel, like she didn't actually spend that much time with him and it didn't make any sense. Like no. why or how they would be together. And why like a five hundred or something year old vampire is with a seventeen year old girl <laughs> and that's supposedly okay. Yeah. One of those things you're not supposed to question too much. <laughs> um and yeah, I recently rewatched Gilmore Girls as well. And I think I mentioned this in an earlier podcast, but on rewatching it, I just realized how toxic so many of their relationships are on that show and how they don't communicate at all like there's one point was luke and lorelei where she's just like no like something happened and then she just like never tells him what was wrong and just like doesn't talk to him for like months or so like it's just so ridiculous like watching it now and then being like oh this is why like i thought some patterns in relationships were normal like when you actually start to date and you're like oh but they you just make so many assumptions. Like I realized in that show, they make so many assumptions and just like, rather than actually just talking, talking and saying, through it, like, yeah, they just like don't and... communicate at all. And I was like, Oh, like it's just interesting to realize. I probably picked up on so much of that. Well, and that normalized, normalized it. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you've got Romeo and Juliet too. Oh yeah. That was just <laughs> another, like actually we read that in high school and then went and saw it at the cinemas. And that's just, I think, the idea of when you think about love when you're younger and you're like, oh, I just want to be like crazy. We'll just see love. each other through the fish yeah. tank at the magic and ball. Like, fall in love at first sight and then be so desperate in love that you like kill yourself. <laughs> no, but yeah, I feel like that was just, there's so many scenes in that movie that I was like, oh yeah, that's what it'll feel like. Like it's going to feel like technicolor, like intensity. Yeah. Well, and just with one glance, too. Like, that idea that you'll know with that one glance. Um, I'm still waiting for that. (laughs) Yeah, so what was the reality then? I feel like I did not have any love life. (laughs) (laughs) I do. You mean in your 20s or, like? In high school. In high school. In my 20s. I don't feel like I really had one until I was, like, 25, essentially. Yeah. I think also, like, guys don't actually think that way. No. I think a lot of the time, too, in movies in a lot of these movies they don't show you the guy's side no so it is always the girl imagining the guy's story right and turn of yeah. events which is something that to like analyze it in general i think we've been trying to get away from in our life not just with guys but like with anything like with a work situation or whatever yeah. it's like instead of making up what you think the story is in your head like go and actually find, find out. out like yeah. before you go to like jump to any assumptions or conclusions yeah. It's really hard to do that, though, when you're so used to it. Like, I think watching so many of those movies, too, and, like, Gilmore Girls and that stuff, I think we're just used to trying to, like, psychoanalyze every situation and be like, oh, well, if he did this, then that must mean that. Or, like, 
he didn't do this so then he must be thinking this and it's well and ever since i've like consciously tried to like call those things out in my life and and instead of figuring out on my own going and like going to the source going to the person and talking to them i've realized there's so much stuff that's not what you think it is yes most of the time i've found i'll assume something especially with relationships and guys i'll assume something behind like actions or inactions and then when i actually talk to the guy they're like oh no and it's like a completely different well usually thing. it actually has nothing to do with you yeah and they've got their or usually own they're thing like not even they... thinking about that thing that you were thinking about. yeah <laughs> so true um but yeah another thing is like most guys especially in their 20s like don't know how to make grand gestures well, and they don't even know how to talk about their feelings <laughs> yeah. let alone do that. or like know yeah. what their feelings are all the time um and usually like the guys who do that kind of stuff are big red flags right yeah that's what like the the guys who love bomb you and yeah see you from across the room and decide that you're the one like yeah. are just that's not how that's not it's, the person you want to be it's with. It's definitely different in real life. So I have a real life story from that. Um, there's a, a guy that I dated when I was like 20. I was in Quebec for the summer. And then I hadn't seen him for like 10 years maybe. And he came to Australia to visit and like we caught up. Um, but then when we caught up, he didn't even say anything about like romantically. We just were catching up on life. And then he was leaving Sydney and he sent me this like, epic message that was like i can't stop thinking about you and like i just want you to to see you again before i go like meet me at the opera house at 8 p.m i'll be waiting for you but it just was so out of context because like we hadn't talked about anything we were thinking it'd been 10 years since we've seen each other he's a lovely guy but i was just like oh this is the gesture you want but I remember it's you not. told me and you were like, this guy wants me to meet him at the opera house. And I was like, Tori, is he there right now? Like standing on the steps of the opera house, hoping that you're going to show up. Yeah. So, yeah, those gestures in real life are usually not as. Well, it's like, like usually not from the person yeah. that you wish it was from. And then. It, yeah, it's not. But that was also probably him on his side, like imagining a narrative for yeah, you and for sure. without actually talking and being to you influenced about it. by those movies <laughs> yeah definitely um yeah and uh, yeah just guys who have like been really full-on and like mm. that i've in my past who i've just been like oh you like i definitely you know yeah. you know how much they like you you can feel it in all those ways and like they're so interested in you i often find that they don't actually see you yeah like, it's like those are the guys who decide you're something before they even actually really get to know you. And yeah. then, yeah, there's this whole, like, lack of communication that I find really unattractive. But it is. And I, I remember there was one guy that I dated in um, law school who I felt like he actually kind of looked like he would be on a soap opera or something. He was good looking and he was very into me and would look at me in that way where you can tell someone's really attracted to you and like it was just not like that's the kind of thing where you're like oh yeah but then he turned out to be way too intense and it was actually too much and i feel like you think you want those things but then when you actually experience them you're like oh no this is not (laughs) this is probably not it um and then the other thing like with reality and romance is there's lots of boring times too right and like settling in and discussions like rather than those big romantic surprises like there's lots of fun things that happen there are surprises there are romantic gestures there are all of that things but there's also just like the regular regular day-to-day life yeah 
which isn't really shown. And usually if it is shown, it's like a super negative. And it's, there's some really nice things about that. Or it's like that. a two-second montage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. I feel like... I think that we've... I, it's kind of nice to realize some of it has come true. Or we've actually... Like, like lived explored out. it yeah. enough to know what was real and what wasn't. What was not. Um... And then I was wondering, too, like, one of the categories I wanted to do was parenting mm. and, like, how we saw parenting in movies. But yeah. I thought, we'll just save that for another day because when we'll wait actually until actually a parent and, like, hopefully soon. what's true and not true and all yeah. of that kind of stuff. Um, but it would be great to know, like, what the listeners and stuff, yeah, what your, what movies yeah. and t- media and TV and books and stuff, like, really influenced, influenced you. you and made you think that, like, life was going to be this certain way and did it actually come true or did it not and if mm. it did come true like how exciting is that <laughs> um so rather than just leaving you with this i mean go and check out the cup of joe article that we talked about yeah um it's really fun and i'll so i haven't done the show note articles for the last two episodes because i've just been super pregnant and all this other <laughs> stuff has been going They're on coming. but they are coming i'm gonna try and do them tomorrow and then i'll do the ones for um this episode as well and like include the link to the cup of joe mm-hmm. article but definitely go and check it out i think it'd be like it's a like a week old so it might be a few pages back now yeah but just like explore that site because there's so many good articles on it and it's such a good cozy pandemic site if you're feeling a bit like you need that definitely corner. and um the other thing i wanted to say was if you haven't watched the show or the movie on netflix called isn't it romantic with rebel wilson definitely go and watch it so that is kind of like it takes all like romantic comedy tropes and stuff and turns them on their head. So it's this like modern day kind of retelling mm. and just making fun of it and stuff. And it's it's really funny. And just I think I've watched it like two or three times while doing work and stuff. <laughs> not, not obsessively. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. And then also um, when we were doing our list of like media influences for all of these different things, I realized there were so many satirical shows that I really enjoyed like there were some of my favorite shows when I was yeah. growing up. So that would be about high school or about romance or about whatever. And so one of them, a lot of them were actually Ryan Murphy shows, even though I don't really like his shows that much now. But yeah. I loved Popular, which was like a high school That one was series. really good. And it was got dark, like, but really funny dark. Um, so Popular was really good. Um, what was, what was I just Gross Point? One. Gross Point was yeah. really good. That was Darren Starr who did Sex in the City. Mm. And Gross Point is about like actors on a like a fake WB TV show. So and they're all it's also satirical. Yeah. So it's kind of making fun of them. Um and I feel like I have a few other examples, but what do you feel like you well, liked Clueless about them? was satirical oh, yeah, too, Clueless I'd say. Was. What do you feel like you liked about them so much? I think because they were poking fun of everything. Yeah. And it felt like a peek into the like, like real? the real like the yeah. reality of it so like calling out what what the actuality is yeah. and it, it was just funny and it felt like bright like it's yeah it's the same reason why i love clueless just because it was bright yeah because <laughs> it was bright and yeah. fun and yeah didn't take itself too seriously yeah which is great so yeah if you're looking for some other like older things to watch then definitely go and check those out okay guys thanks for listening um, and if you can do us a favor, we'd love it if you could leave us a review um, on Apple Podcast and 
just follow like us on Spotify. yeah or subscribe <laughs> to us on apple or spotify um follow us on instagram we're at tenfold underscore so at tnfld underscore or we're also at facebook at tnfld and our website is www.tnfld.com and remember to live a life that is true to you live free live tenfold woo and now we're gonna do our blooming section and today we're actually just commemorating Baka, our grandmother, because it is her birthday and she would have been 110 today if she was still alive, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, it is. We actually wrote an article about her mm. like a year and a half, two yeah. years ago almost. Um, and it's called Six Ways to Live a Long and Happy Life, which is on the website and I'll put it in the show notes as well. Um and it's one of our most popular articles, actually. Mm. It's just, it's great. So <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. if you want some advice on like how to live to 98 and yeah. be happy and be curious and engaged in the world, then like definitely go and check it out. Uh, our grandma was such an interesting woman. Like yeah. she lived in Serbia. She lived in Sweden. She lived in Canada. She had her first and only child at the age of 40. She was born in 1911. Mm-hmm. So if you can imagine that, like yeah. what society would have been like at that time. Um, and that was without IVF and all that kind of stuff as well. Uh, she just, she did things differently, even if yeah. I, I don't know if I she wanted to, but she did. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, she, she was just, just such a zest for life. Like, even though she rarely left her house when she lived with us in Canada, she was friends with all of our neighbors and like knew everything that was going on in the neighborhood and, and really made an impact in people's lives. She didn't even life. speak English. <laughs> yeah, she just always had this twinkle in her yeah. eye and was mischievous and fun and curious about people and life and what was going on and that's I think what kept her so like spry yeah. and yeah. yeah. And I've been thinking about her a lot lately because you're having your baby soon. And I feel like she was always like, when you have kids, you'll tell them about all these things I told you. (laughs) It's so true. Uh, And yeah, we were hoping that maybe the baby would be born on her birthday, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. She's an Aquarius. She's doing her own thing. (laughs) It's true. But yeah, so we just want to say, Srechen. Rajendan. Rajendan Baka. Yeah, we miss you. But I think you're all around us. Yeah. And whenever we see a blue butterfly, we'll think mm, of you. Yeah. And then also one of the best things that we used to do with Baka <laughs> is she would watch Buffy the Vampire yes. Slayer with us every week. And Angel, too. Yeah. And then when we left for uni, she said she still watched it because it just reminded her of us. <laughs> it was like a comfort show. So I think our mantra to end the <laughs> night is going to be the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Slayer theme song. song. You ready? Yeah. Night, guys. Good night. We love you. For like the younger kids' books. Yeah, those are really, really good. I remember just looking at the pictures over and over and like getting really funny into it. Um, yeah, obviously Judy Bloom. We're both diehard Judy Bloom fans. Mm. And she does stuff like for really little kids to like adults. Yeah. Which I love. So you can just grow Great. up with her. She's amazing. Um and yeah, that's all I would say for now. Mm. I mean there's tons of stuff, but Yeah. It's a good start. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now it's the lightning question rap. <laughs> oh, I don't think mine are lightning questions, but Yeah, mine aren't either. <laughs> so I had thought of some questions for you that I wanted to ask just to get your like Quick opinion. Yeah, fresh opinion. <laughs> um, 
So one is what qualities would you most want your kids to have? Ooh. Um, curiosity is a big one. I think curiosity, I think it would just be so fun to like have a kid who's always asking, okay, I might regret this later, a kid who's always asking questions or like trying to learn and all that stuff. Um, kindness. I feel like kindness is just so important to me in general in humans. Um, hmm, what else? I think, um, assertiveness. Ah, that yeah. was like literally all that was ever on all of my report cards I was like victoria needs to be more assertive and i feel like i want to raise kids who are assertive actually that was one of the things from where we were taught to be afraid of being wrong or doing those yeah things. we both were very quiet yeah. in school always so that yeah. was always a thing and and that's translated into our work lives too mm-hmm. is like because we are too scared to that will somehow get in trouble yeah so then you don't say anything and yeah it's this hard is, it's to a whole shake. cycle and now we have a podcast yeah. us, but like <laughs> that's also why this is such a like a huge accomplishment yeah. for us i think because you we would never have thought that we would be doing something like this and no. speaking publicly about our personal lives and all of those never. kinds of things like so yeah it's just great it's huge okay should i ask you one um yeah okay if you had to have a mantra for how you want to parent, what will it be? Is that too hard to think of on the oh, spot? <laughs> I would say... Like, just something that you'd always want to remind yourself if you're, like, feeling overwhelmed, maybe. Or I feel like it would always be something about, like, let it flow. Let it or, flow. like, let it... Yeah. Like, because I don't think... And now... Because I feel like we were our parents' experiment, right? Yeah. And then they tried their hardest to make us what they thought would not just like what they wanted us to be, but what they thought would help us have yeah, a good life in the world. and like succeed in the world. Right. With the best intentions. Yeah. But we had to be who we were going to be no matter what. Mm. And so I think like all of that force and just delayed. Yeah. Intention yeah. was like, it wasn't, it just like created a lot of conflict and insecurity and indecisiveness yeah. and like kind of a lostness. And I, I would love to try and, avoid avoid that, that. Yeah. avoid piling on all this yeah. extra stuff to get through when there's already enough stuff to yeah. get through in the world that you're gonna have to navigate outside of your home right so like instead of also having to navigate that inside like i mm. i would hope that i can just like let things be a yeah. lot of the time in a certain way and like let her be and just yeah. kind of like i'm hoping that i can just recognize her personality yeah. and, and who she's going to be and see like what her light is and just be there to foster yeah, it yeah. and like create a safe environment for it rather than like try and control everything. i think that you should end up yeah. being like this or doing this or you need to be more like this like yeah i think it reminds me of another thing i read on cup of joe where that people are just like babies be babies so it's like yeah. you just let like i in a lot of ways i don't feel like we were allowed to be children no. like it was like you can't be loud you can't do like we were really like yeah so i feel like it's like babies are supposed to cry they're gonna like shit everywhere they're gonna do all this stuff and like it's not a failure on your part or like you just have to let them do their things and know that like that's just what kids do yeah yeah so yeah something about like let them be hmm or let it flow. <laughs> I don't know. One of those kinds of things. You get the gist. Yeah. Okay. So, Tori, what would make you feel like a successful parent? 
main thing would just be if I had a like happy kid or a content child who yeah I think that's the main thing I don't really care about anything else (laughs) (laughs) what about you yeah I think a a confident kid like a kid who like knows who they they are self-worth yeah and felt like they had a place in the world Mm. already I think that would be amazing that would be huge yeah but then also I think like oh is that us just ricocheting off of yeah. our parents you know what I mean but you never know Maybe. but I feel like it's a good it's a good yeah. place to start so. okay Alex what is the first song you want to sing to your baby oh my god I just made a birthing that. playlist yeah I know <laughs> and I put some classics on there yeah. actually but I don't know or I've do, been do you think... heard the mantras that we sing yeah. in the podcast at the end do you like, feel like there's like a lullaby you'll, you'll want to sing there I was thinking do I even remember lullabies like one yeah. came into my head do, 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 do. what's that one do, 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 do. words is it I don't know <laughs> um no what was the one like I would buy you a Oh, I would buy you a diamond ring. Yeah, I was mockingbird. just seeing that. Also. Yeah, Mama's gonna buy you a mockingbird. Is that I what creepy? That one and I was like, it's weird. <laughs> like, well, I'm gonna have to make up different lyrics to this yeah. if I sing this. But then I also thought, do I have to sing any of the no. like lullabies that I knew no. growing up? I can just sing yoga mantras and other yeah. stuff and songs yeah. that I like and see how it goes and see what she likes. I guess. Oh yeah, wait. That was the qu- what was the question? Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's the first song? Or oh, you know? I don't know what yeah. the first song is. <laughs> It'll be spontaneous. I think it probably will be a mantra, just because yeah. I've already been singing them. Yeah, so much. So we'll see. Um, okay, and my last question for you is: if you had, if you like, grew up with the opposite style of parenting to what we grew up. So let's say like super disinterested parents mm. who didn't had no like involvement in what you were doing and and were didn't set any big expectations on you at all like but to the point where you also felt like you had no guidance yeah. like what do you think like how do you think that would have affected you do you think it would have been you would like who oh, would you be today that's a hard one to know because like yes we can complain all we want yeah. about our parents and how we were raised but yeah, well, if it was the exact opposite, opposite. what like, what would you what would you think be? the filters you'd be ridding yourself I of really now would be? Know, like, because I don't know how much of yeah. I'm trying to think if I was like, just like, would I be earnest in the way, same way still, or would I not be? Because like the lack of interest would then make me be like, oh, yeah. Well, that's a good question. I probably wouldn't have gone to like uni and then law school. <laughs> probably wouldn't have gone to law school. Um, huh. I wonder if I would have just like moved to Europe or like yeah, gone and like I don't know. I don't know if I would have been as like academically inclined. Well, I wonder how of much of your like young youth, even though you loved learning and yeah. stuff, how much of it was also driven by getting accolades or praise. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. But then also maybe I think sometimes with kids like that who have disinterested parents, if they are edu- like academically yeah. minded, then maybe it'd be more you'd seek it. You'd seek the yeah. affirmation outside of home. For sure. Yeah. I don't know. I wish I could see. I wish I could do like yeah, a sliding doors. Yeah, it'd be interesting doors. to be like, what would the other yeah. thing be? 
Okay. My last question for you is what do you think your biggest challenge will be as a parent? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think it also depends on the kid, right? Yeah, like, for sure. It depends on our personalities and how they work together or don't work together. Or is there like anything you're worried about or... Yeah, there's so many things I'm worried about. <laughs> what do you mean? So of like, course. I don't know. Is there a top I am worry? so worried about like body image and appearance oh, like and all of those yeah. kinds of things. Like yeah. I feel like it's so hard and it's, it's so I hard think, for girls. I think it's like the thing you were talking about earlier too that like you have to be aware of like whatever you're saying about yourself or like yeah. kids are sponges and they're soaking up everything around them. And it's not just from yeah. me actually. So this uh illustrator that i have followed for many years jessica hish she's like a beautiful like she writes beautiful um or creates beautiful like lettering and Mm. stuff like that she's really quite famous like in her discipline and stuff and so she's got this great newsletter and she made this she drew out this mirror basically that then carved the the mirror is carved into the words that that i think that says like you are beautiful or something or you are and she made it, she said, because her daughter, who's named Ramona, actually, like that book, no. um, I think she's five years old, and she came up to her and said that she knew she was ugly, um, uh. and that she knew that she didn't have, like, the face or the looks or whatever it was, like, the yeah. things that are supposed to make you pretty. And um, and then she wrote in the newsletter that she was just so heartbroken like by her daughter saying yeah. that. And saying that she knew that she didn't look like what a pretty girl w- should look like, right? Because And she's five, right? That's crazy. And she said, because she herself has been so conscious about not yeah, talking about on. herself, not yeah. talking about those kinds of things, not putting it out on her daughter. Like, really consciously, it was one yeah. of her main values. And she was like, despite all of that, the her daughter was still world. able to yeah. pick that up, look in a mirror, and think that her face didn't look like the face it it mm. like it should look like to be cool or whatever yeah. in society and that was at five and that broke my heart because i thought oh my god that's what well, i you wouldn't avoid. even think like <laughs> five-year-olds would be conscious of that in that way yeah like, yeah and it's like where did she learn that especially with a yeah. parent who is so conscious right and so that that's is, the it is kind of scary that, that it's like you don't have control over it. no and yeah. so that was the thing like when i found out i was having a girl yeah i was so excited but i also felt like Nervous. real like apprehension because well, i you thought know it's what a you've huge responsibility yeah. yeah and there's so much to navigate and i think it's well people say it's gotten harder because there's instagram and facebook and stuff but for me personally yeah. it would have been easier in this just to see more diversity it would have been easier for me yeah. to see more diversity and have that and be able to find my channels and my people that yeah. i resonated with whereas i grew up in such a time where it felt so siloed and there was mm. no one that looked like me or you know all that kind of stuff like yeah. so i would have definitely thrived more i think in this environment but um hopefully that'll be yeah. the same for her yeah. i don't know <laughs> we'll see um so yeah that's the thing i'm probably yeah. most worried about is navigating that that touchy stuff definitely okay do you have any more questions no i'm done okay this one's a long one. Oh. Um, we don't really have a woo-woo, but I was thinking we can just say, like, yeah, kind of what we do hope for our generation kids, I guess. Like, what kind of world we want them to be in in Generation lives. Alpha. Yeah, Generation Alpha. What do we envision for them? I think and hope, like, I do feel like each generation gets more and more conscious. So 
I'm hoping for them. And we're now in the age of Aquarius, exactly. which is very the different. the age of the energy we grew up in, which yeah. is Capricorn. Um, so I'm really hoping, yeah, they do just live in a more open and accepting world. And like, I feel like it does feel like we were talking about this earlier, that there does actually feel like there's a shift and 2021 is like bringing in some new energy. And I don't know, I feel like I, feel like I do have hope for like, that generation and that they'll well, be more I feel kind more comfortable more... in the society we have today yeah. and that is saying a lot I yeah. think so I'm hoping that that that's because there is this shift happening and there's more of an open discourse like mm. you're allowed to talk about more things like you're not yeah. supposed to keep things hidden like and yeah it can be annoying with some people and yeah. some you know everyone's got a platform or whatever but um it's also beautiful because you can find yeah. people that resonate with you and the things that that lift you up yeah. and inspire you and like i don't like i obviously don't have kids yet or know that many people who are in school age right now but just the way that like media is now and like the type of shows we watch and all that like it seems like bullying and that stuff would be like less acceptable or more called out or yeah just yeah that hopefully there is more acceptance and more yeah just kindness <laughs> i hope <laughs> it's a beautiful thing to hope for yeah um anything else any last thoughts before you pop <laughs> oh, we'll see i guess we'll, we'll record next week like if i if you haven't popped i don't have her yet by the 25th so for sure we'll see how it goes um <laughs> and then we will have a birthing episode for you for yeah. anyone who's actually interested in that stuff but there's a lot to talk about that too i'm sure that will be an interesting one. So, yeah, thanks for following us along on this journey mm -hmm. um, in our quest to live tenfold. Yeah. Um, and just remember, like, for yourself to try and also live tenfold where you can and live a life that allows you to be your truth, a life that needs no filters. Mm -hmm. Remember to live a life that is true to you. Live free. Live, live tenfold. tenfold. And also, don't forget to follow us if you haven't. Um, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. And make sure you're following our Instagram and Facebook, which are at tenfold. Well, Instagram's underscore after the tenfold. <laughs> at tenfold underscore. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> Facebook is just at tenfold. <laughs> Website is www.tenfold.com. Okay, and now for the woo-woo part. Um, we're just going to sing a mantra again that you guys are probably familiar with if you've listened to the podcast. And it's kind of a last lullaby for the baby while she's still in my tummy. And then we'll hopefully we sing it to her yeah. when she comes out. So should we do it three times? Yeah. Okay. Om Asatoma Gamaya Tamasoma Joyti Gamaya Vichorma Amritam Gamaya Om Asatoma Gamaya Tamasoma Joyti Gamaya Vichorma Amritam Gamaya Om Asa 
tomasat gamaya tamasoma joitir gamaya richoma amritam gamaya